Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review. And this time we're looking at The Old Guard. Directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood and written by Greg Rooker, The Old Guard is based on Rooker's comic book of the same name. The movie is out now on Netflix, but if you haven't watched The Old Guard yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. In March 2017, Skydance Media picked up the rights to adapt the comic The Old Guard, written by Greg Rooker and illustrated by Leandro Fernandez, uh, into a film. Luke, you have the plot. A group of mercenaries, all centuries-old immortals with the ability to heal themselves, discover someone is onto their secret and they fight to protect their freedom. Led by Andy, played by Charlize Theron, the group recruits Niall Freeman, played by Kiki Lane, a US Marine who is the newest immortal. You know what? Charlize Theron, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with her. She's, she's always pretty much good. She can do it all. In. Yeah. So if, if you yeah. put if you put a Charlie's Throne movie in front of me and say watch, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Not always is the movie um, great, and this might be one of them for me anyway. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Well, I know that I made a mistake because okay, what well, watching this movie? Uh- <laughs> when I first saw the trailer, I thought it looked so so, and the poster. Looks pretty average. Nothing, nothing okay. special. She's big, little small characters around her. I thought, okay. But then I saw a side-by-side comparison of the first issue of the comic and it recreated um, the poster with actors from the film. And I thought, oh, you know what? Before watching the movie, because I know nothing about the old guard, I'll go and read that first graphic novel. Oh, right. And, right. and listen, thoroughly enjoyed it recommend it it is fantastic and we're talking so about the comic this is the comic so it's friday night <laughs> i've sat down with my wife and i'm watching the old guard and i realize this is a very faithful adaption and beat for beat i'd only read the comic a couple of days prior I so it's just one is it just one uh, contained like comic release i guess like one uh... so i i read the graphic novel and it's made up yep. of five maybe six issues which is pretty standard for a collection and that's it that's all that's there is the story and we got to, we got past halfway and i'm like oh no like i i literally know what's going to happen here because it's so faithful to to the source material oh. and that's not always the case but then there does end up being some changes and what i will say the changes made in the film they're not for the better. I prefer the story as told in the graphic novel. But unlike you, though, I did enjoy this film. Right, okay. The, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I'm asking you about the comic. I didn't read the comic or anything, so I just went in blind to this movie. What's it all about? Didn't even know they were immortal. So that was, I mean, I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, it's early on that you find you find all that out. So, you know, I was along for the ride and I was like, okay, interesting concept and you get a lot of cool little action scenes and stuff throughout um for me like the movie overall sort of it dragged a lot there are a lot of slow scenes followed by slow scenes followed by slow scenes a lot of and it's not always a bad thing having you know you know character development and dialogue and you know like you know like an adult film actually watching 
things unfold and people having those discussions that, you know, it's important, but there was a lot. For me, I just felt the movie was quite slow. And by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. The whole premise with the with these characters being essentially immortal. And I know that, you know, there's an element put in where it's like by chance, there's no real rule to it, but by chance they could potentially lose that ability at some point. It just sort of made everything kind of redundant. It was like, okay, they can just go in and whatever and there's no real consequence and therefore no threat and i guess okay, that's why me, they did put in let me jump in the big change then <laughs> and i'll i'll reveal it here in the comic andy stays immortal she doesn't lose that ability so when she loses is the, in is the, the film, idea of losing the ability uh, i think in the comics at all yeah it is because like she still has lost a lover like mm-hmm. we see in this film. So yes, it is a thing that one day your ability can just stop working. But in the comic, it carries on. Now, when they made the choice in the movie to have it so there is that sense of threat and consequence of Andy now being human, I get why they did it for the film. And it's the point that you're making there, the fact that you don't feel like there's any real stakes. I mean, that op- the opening of the movie is just like the comic. They get ambushed, they get shot to pieces, and then they get back up. If your if your main characters, if the good guys that you're following in the movie, is constantly that, it's what it's the argument people have against Superman. He's too powerful. Why yeah. do you care? And when you've got these immortal beings, that they are completely unstoppable. So for the comic, it does work for them to continue being that way, and I did enjoy that. But for the movie, they had to change it. So now this has got to be like most things now, the start of a new franchise. And they've got Charlize Theron. I didn't think they were going to kill her because, you know, you're saying yourself that maybe you didn't necessarily enjoy this for the most part, but still enjoyed her. So it would have been a mistake on the filmmaker's part if they lost her as a character completely. So now we're going to have her. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so in the sequel, so maybe she's going to take more of a back seat, more of a mentor role. Because she is, by the end of it, like, because she's still very much a part of the team. I know we're jumping yeah. straight to the end there, but she is still part of the team and she seems very much motivated to get in there and then you know back into the action um she's still obviously got all her skills and stuff like that but she is vulnerable now she's not she's not immortal so so yeah the, i guess this, this there are there would be stakes now but just for her and, and you know i guess it would speak to the strength of her character as well that even though she's lost that ability she's not going to stop fighting for what's right and and the arc mm. that her character goes through in this movie is, you know, it doesn't matter. There's too few of them and they've not changed enough. And then they find out throughout history that it'd been like a domino effect. It's like she'd saved someone here and then over here, something big happened in history. So she got to recognize the importance of what she'd been doing all these years. Yeah. Like it was more than just the five of them doing stuff. It, like you said, the domino effect, other people. And that's a that's a nice way for the movie to sort of wrap, which was good. Um, the characters, though, like, you know, there's obviously we've got our little ragtag team of really, really old people. And then we've got that newbie. I mean, do you, do you enjoy the characters as much as I didn't really? Or... See, this, <laughs> this, this, this is interesting because, again, I think maybe I would have been closer to where you are with your take on this film if I'd gone in blind. 
And, you know, you don't have to read the graphic novel beforehand. I just chose to. So I, I already had a certain amount of knowledge about these characters. And then to see that on screen and, again, being, being faithful, so I, I did enjoy these characters. I thought there, there was enough there. But then the lines start to get a bit blurred. Well, what am I taking from the comic and what am I taking from the movie? Yeah. But when you've got, you know, you've got the mate, Booker, and it turns on them. In, in the comic, there's, there's a scene like there was in the movie, in the, in the cave, and he's tapping away on his computer. And then you've got the, the new recruit, Niall, and she's a bit suspicious of Booker. And it's to do with what he's saying he's capable of doing in a remote location in the cave. Like technology isn't said to work the way that he says it works. And the other immortals don't quite understand technology. So that was a moment where she suspected him. And it's also in the movie when she starts to question a little bit about what he's doing when they're in the cave. And then there's a follow-up mm. scene in the comic which addresses that. And it's, a, it's part of the reveal. And it's left out in the movie completely. But I can't like in the movie, the it seems to literally just be because of the gun. Like, yeah, and it just happens. Blow the gun that he gave her. But because they had the cave scene, they must have just decided to leave it and not <laughs> follow up on that at all. But they, yeah. they set it up. And then the reveal for him being uh, like double crossing them. His motives are the same as the comics. Like he just, you know, he'd, he'd had a lot of loss like the other immortals in his life. He just wanted a way out, I children. guess. Like, yeah. And that's yeah. what it was about. Yeah. And then, and, and this is the thing in the comic, Andy says to him, we will meet back here in a hundred years. In the movie, Andy says, they will meet back here in a hundred years. Because oh, right. Yeah. So they had that to change sense. it up. If he said we, would have been, an, uh, would have been a lie. <laughs> yes, exactly right. But I did like um, the characters, yeah. I, I thought, because yeah. this movie, it's got to do so much heavy lifting. Like it's setting up this world and it's showing you the history. And I think um, budget-wise, they, they did a good job. I don't know the, um, the budget of this movie, but they clearly spent quite a bit of money on it, more so than I'd say most Netflix films. And I think it's because they partnered with, we said in the opening there, Skydance. And that's mm. probably what helped increase the budget because you've got the, the contemporary scenes, but whenever they're doing the flashback, they look pretty good. It mm. didn't look cheap. You know what, those flashbacks, it just made me like, and I hate it when this happens in a movie. I'm watching it and I'm just like, I think I'd rather watch whatever's going on there. And it seemed like they had put a lot into like costuming and you know the set designs and stuff for those flashbacks, but it's so minimal. And I'm like, I just feel like there's more there. Or maybe the flashbacks could have been integrated. Like there could have just been more of it to sort of create like a, a buildup of, of history. Because the, the mythology and all of the world building that this movie does is actually quite good. Um, there seems to be a lot there. And I, you know, it, it, piqued my interest i was like okay i'm i'm interested to find out more but then we're kind of for the majority of the time just stuck with this group of people who just seem to just want to go in and kill guys and that's what the movie is it's like they just they rampage into a place kill a whole bunch of bunch of dudes in you know swat out gear outfits and and guns and stuff and kill that guy from harry potter pharmaceutical guy oh is that where he's from yeah he's a dudley harry potter's cousin i think um look there's two other characters joe and nikki 
who are also part of the team. And again, like we get it. There's a, they're probably the more personable kind of characters that we get, you know, they seem to actually have a personality of some sort, which is good. Um, and it was a way that the, I'm assuming in the comics as well, obviously their, their relationship as well is an integral part of, I guess, the team dynamic. And I like the idea that it wasn't just like, okay, they happened to be in a relationship, but it was like, it's a relationship that's tested the, you know, a really long time. So it, you know, could you be with your partner? I mean, people say, you know, like forever, but it's like, could you be with your partner for hundreds of years? And it's like, well, yeah, they've proven that, you know, it can be done. So good aspect there. But nice. other than, you know, that shine of characterization, it's pretty dry. But that's lifted, pretty... lifted directly from the comics, the scene in the back of the trunk hmm. where their relationship is questioned by the soldiers and their response, word for word, that's what Rooker wrote in the comic. That was my trivia um, for later. So let's just say it was done. You know, it's done now. So no but, trivia um, later, guys. That's it. But that was my trivia. <laughs> it, it, the scene played out well in the comic, and yeah, in the movie, you know, they absolutely nailed it. You know, we're talking about how Charlize Theron, her character Andy, she's no longer immortal. Well, who's to say? Because I'm sure there's going to be a sequel. Like this, this movie's doing great numbers for Netflix. So I'm you reckon sure she'll get her more. immortality back? No, I don't. I reckon oh, okay. that there's more stories <laughs> to be told in the past. And you were talking about the costumes, the sets and everything else. Who's to yeah. say they're not going to use them again? That they're not going to go back and something that happens in the present relates to something that happened many years ago. So we're going to get to see more of Andy as an immortal. We already know mm. that the other immortal comes back and that's the big stinger at the end of this movie. Like the other female yeah. immortal, the first one Andy came across all those years ago. Like she's still alive. I want to say, I want to say it's a post-credit scene, but it's like, it's more like post-title cut, like because the title card sh- sort of shows up at the end of the movie, and then it's that scene, and they just cut it post-credits. So I'm like, oh, um, but yeah, like that's that flashback in particular when it's got all of just all of that, just the you know friend being taken, and then she is obviously locked up, and then you know, Andy doesn't know what's going on with her and she's getting thrown into the ocean and just to sink and she just has to live underwater for thousands of years. Well, you see more. it, like she, she drowned. Like, it's like... And then she's and they're, like, they're, des- they're describing like the, you know, like how horrible it must be. And you're just thinking like, okay, okay. So even water doesn't kill them, like drowning, like perpetually drowning. Like they essentially, they don't even need to breathe. Like it's, it's nuts. But they show you, they show her repeatedly, she drowns, comes back, drowns. And however long, however many years she's been down there, she's been living that loop. So yes, it's like um, Wolverine and X-Men. He can drown. That's one of his (laughs) weaknesses. So there you go. That was cool. It's a good way to end it. And I think there's enough going on in this movie that has me interested in a potential sequel. I thought they did a good job of setting it up. And I'm not talking Woody Harrelson at the end of Venom. This was like a proper <laughs> decent tease for something that I want to see. It didn't... Yeah, well, was it... It was something that had already been established within the story. So, yeah, it was a... It was... I'm still going to call it a post-credit. It was a post-credit scene that actually made sense and there was a reason for it. It wasn't, yeah, like you said, just here's a new character and a new threat for the next movie that we've got. So, I, you know, I suppose they did that well. The action scenes. I mean, like I said, there probably could have been more. 
probably could have been a little bit more. Um, they were they were pretty good from you know really quick sort of snippets. Yeah, no, they did a great base. job. A great job of the action. They've got someone in Charlize Theron, you know, on the back of Mad Max Fury Road, Atomic Blonde. She can do action. And I think, I might be wrong, but I do believe that um, stunt people that worked on, maybe not The Matrix, but definitely John Wick films, worked on this as well. So they've got good caliber. I believe that, I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. But they've got, like, I mean, the stunts are great. And then we talked about those fight scenes in the past. It, it looks brilliant. If this movie didn't have Shelley Theron, it didn't have the budget, it'd look like a sci-fi channel movie. But this <laughs> being on Netflix with the money behind it, it looks so much more. So at no point did I think, oh, well, that looks a bit shit. Or, that wasn't quite believable. I thought the action sequences <laughs> were fantastic. All right. How about we? How about we rate? Um, give the old guard a rating then, out of five. I I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm going to come in at four. I had a lot of fun with this, and they've just released, or they have been releasing. I'm waiting until it's collected. The second volume of the comic. I'm very much looking forward to that. Enjoyed the comic. Um, again, the movie didn't quite live up to the comic for me. But I had so much fun with it. And a lot of that does come down to Charlize Theron. I thought this movie was great. And I was really pleasantly surprised because we talked about how recently uh, Netflix don't have the best original movies. Uh, more so when they're looking at doing something bigger in budget like this. I mean, they pulled it off with Extraction for the most part. Um, yeah, four out of five. This, this was a, a good movie. Okay. Um, so the pros, I guess, the the reason I will I will, I will praise this movie. You know, like I said, the world building, the mythology. It, there's stuff there. There's lots of there's a, a lot of substance here that we can we can work with. We can work with that. Charlotte's Theron is obviously the highlight, as she always is. Although her character is, you know, kind of bland. She could cheer up a little bit. Just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, the action scenes and stuff. You know could have had more of them, but the ones that are there, like they're cool. They're done well. Um, again, I just wish there was a bit more sort of threat to the whole thing. So I could actually, you know, get absorbed into the film and be along for the ride in that capacity. Um, and on top of that, you know, I did find it for the most part, not just you know, the characters, the majority of the characters and just the overall pace of the movie, just pretty, pretty slow and a bit boring. I'm still going to go out and say three out of five for it though, just for the things that I did praise it for. Um, but yeah, if it just found a way to entertain me a little bit more throughout, I'd, I'd probably be up there with a four. Um, but yeah, no, it just came in, it just came in very, by the end of it, I was just like, I'm pretty bored for the most part. Mm. So, I think a sequel is going to be, I think a sequel has got more chance of delivering what you wanted from this first one. I just mm. think, you know, for an origin, like, and we know, like you look at any comic book adaption, like an origin doesn't give you everything. I mean, there's some examples yeah. of an origin movie going above and beyond. And I'll, I'll say Batman Begins, like that movie does so much. But a lot of the comic book adaptions, and more so this, where we've not seen an old guard film before. Like I mentioned Batman Begins there. We've seen many Batman films. 
So there's a lot of heavy lifting for an origin story that this movie had to do, whereas they can just start that second film, hit the ground running. We all know what we need to do, and they'll be able to go bigger, and I'm sure better, with that next movie. But I think, it's all fair saying that, but I I just reckon they had enough time to do it in in what was you know in, in the time in the running time that they had for this movie like that is they had a good ten, two hours to put everything that they wanted in there and i think there was a lot of stuff that they could have left out or just sort of glazed over a lot quicker and you know they could have just spent a lot more time having a bit more fun sort of getting straight into it i don't know i think they just kind of the movie just dawdled it just dawdled a lot and we just kept kind of going over and over and over just really slow dramatic scenes then it's like we don't need this much drama you know let's have a bit let's have a bit of fun where's the where's the personalities and the i'm not saying they need jokes and quips every five seconds but it's like damn someone could have had a bit of a laugh we've got marvel for that (laughs) we don't need quips we're fine i just want to be entertained come on come on um, all right, so normally we do our trivia. You spoiled that for me, so that's fine. Um, there's nothing else to say except that's it for our review <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> um, of, of, of The Old Guard. Uh, please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind in Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdupodcast.com. If you missed it, Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at Hulk from 2003 and Rewind in Review went back 20 years to relive Chicken Run. Be sure to also keep an eye out for our next review, Relic. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.